Now, this morning, I am going to be concluding the series, uh, which we started at the beginning of the month, called What's Next? And then next Sunday morning, I want to start a whole new series of Sunday morning teachings, which are entitled The Prayer. Okay, now some of your minds might go to the prayer is our Father who art in heaven. No, that's not the prayer I'm looking at. I'm going to look at the prayer. And the prayer is the prayer of Jesus that is in the 17th chapter of John's gospel, where he specifically prays for those who belong to him. And I want us to look at that and look at things like God prayed that we would be connected and be one. God prayed or Jesus prayed that we would know joy that overflows. And we're going to look through some key parts of that prayer because I want to tell you this. If anybody ever had a chance of their prayer getting answered, I, I think Jesus was onto a good thing. And so those are the things God wants for us and we're going to start looking at them. Um, just before we get down to today's teaching, you can hardly fail to notice that we, um, in our auditorium here, we actually completed, I don't know if the cameras can pan out that far to see what's, so the folks at home can see. We finally kind of completed the last set of graphics in the makeover we've been doing the last few months. You may have noticed them, you may not. Yeah, there are some huge words right along all the walls, Right? And uh, the final piece of the graphics we've, we've done with the makeover of the place, because actually tomorrow is seven years since we had our official opening. And uh, yeah. And a place gets beat up with hundreds of people in it over seven years. So it kind of needed the makeover. And the last part was this. Whoever, whenever they walk through our enormous barn doors to get into this auditorium, we want these words to scream at you. In this place, you are accepted. You are family. You are loved. You are valued. You are unique. And you, you know when you text people sometimes by mistake, you do it in all caps? And, and they, they come back and say, why are you shouting? So we put this in all caps. We put it really, really big because we want this to scream at everybody who comes into this room that in this place, you really are accepted and valued and loved and you are family. Amen? So that's, that's kind of the last piece of that in place. Tremendously grateful. Actually, our son, Jonathan, did all the graphics, designed all the graphics that you see around the building. He did all that work for us. Um, He's very creative. When I was in about eighth grade, I, I was pretty creative. I guess he got it from me. I, no, I remember, I remember when I was in eighth grade, my art teacher at school said to me, there is an opportunity that the College of Art in the city is offering a certain amount of places to a Saturday morning special class for one semester you can have at the art college on Saturday mornings. And I think you would be the ideal candidate. We can send one student from this school and we would like to send you. So I thought that was great because I, I, did, I did really good with art. And, but just some, some of you know this feeling when you kind of graduated school and went to college. You, can be a, you might be a big fish in the small pool in school 
but then you go into the college environment. So I go to the Saturday morning classes and like the best from all the schools were there. And I remember one Saturday, the lecturer said, now here's what I want you to do this morning. I, I guess this must've been what, probably 62, 63, because he, the Beatles had just come to the United States. And he said, I want everybody, I want you to draw a picture of the Beatles arriving in America. And I'm thinking, I'm not too good at figures. And if I tried to do a painting with, you know, and it had to look like the Beatles, it probably wouldn't work. So I got creative. And uh, I did from memory freehand a map of the United States. It probably looked more like Australia, but who cares, you know? But, but I, so I did the map of the United States and then I painted four giant bugs just kind of crawling up crawling onto the mainland. And that was the Beatles arriving in America. So we had a couple of hours to do it. And when we finished that, the teacher came around and checked them all. And he came to mind. He said, he said, Roger, would I would would you just bring yours over here? I want you to I want you to put it on the wall. So I was really thrilled. So I put my very creative, imaginative picture on the wall. And then he turned around and said to the students, that's up there to remind you all, don't ever turn in work like that. I was mortified. And that was the morning I started to think maybe the career that was in the back of my mind would not work out for me. Because part of what I thought about, I don't know what they call them nowadays, we used to call them window dressers. So they were the people who designed the big store windows. You know, is this Roger Blackmore? This is Macy's. Can you design Christmas for us? You know, that kind of thing. And that was my, my dream was to design the big windows for the big stores. But yeah, I was probably in eighth grade when that dream dissolved. It wasn't what God wanted for me. Finding out what God wants for us, not just career-wise, but wants our lives to accomplish is such an important thing. We started this series in the book of Proverbs and we started by looking at the, in, in the King James Version at Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 18. And what it says there is this, where there is no vision, the people perish. When you don't have a sense of purpose and direction, basically you die inside. And then, I went over to the New International Version's translation of that, which says, where there is no vision or no revelation, people cast off restraint. So if you haven't got a sense of purpose, you just do whatever you're going to do. And people get into crazy things and mess up their lives and other people's lives too. And then in the messages, paraphrase of this, here's what it says. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But look at this next bit. When they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. So how do we get the maximum blessing and fulfillment in life? By attending to what God reveals. And then we went from there to a verse in the book of Psalms, Psalm 16 and verse 11, which says this. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. You make known to me the path of life. And you know what comes out of that? 
is I enjoy your presence and I, en I, I enjoy the fullness of joy. Eternal pleasures. When? When I'm going along the path that God has directed me. Week one, I talked about the fact we were all created to make a difference. And there are three huge steps towards that goal. One is knowing God. The second is finding freedom. And the third we're going to look at today is this, discovering purpose. Discovering purpose so that you feel and know you are living with purpose. You see, you were born on purpose and for a purpose. Every single person within hearing my voice today, you were born on purpose and for a purpose. Now, some of you in the background, you might be arguing back in your head just now and say, no, I was a surprise and a shock. No, 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 no. You were still born on purpose and you were still born with a purpose. See, God doesn't have accidents. People do. So you, you were born on purpose and for a purpose. Every single one of us is here today. We have life today because God ordained that we should be here and that we should live because God had a plan and a purpose for our lives. In the book of Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, it says this, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Look at the next bit. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You will learn to know God's will for you. And every one of us needs to do that, to learn to know God's will for us. Now, there are some things that are going to hinder us from that. One of the hindrances from discover, to discovering your purpose is just being uncertain. I don't know. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 1 says this. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. So the writer there, Paul is saying to the believers in Corinth, you know what, you need to know about the abilities that God has given you, the purpose that God has for you. And the truth is, you're going to discover your purpose somewhere at the intersection of five things. One, your natural talents. Now, when I talk about knowing God's purpose, that everyone is born for a purpose, what we've, what we've got to come to realize is this. We're talking about every one of us was created to make a difference. God does not just plan for people to be preachers. So I say God's got a purpose. It isn't necessarily going to be some purpose that takes you to the other side of the earth, preaching the gospel of Christ and seeing people come to faith in Jesus. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm, what I'm talking about is this, is that God has gifted us all and God has placed us all in situations where very often if we open our eyes, we can see the purpose of God. I mean, sometimes in ordinary things. 
I, uh, now and again, I don't have to do it so often nowadays, I go to the hairdresser. And um, I'm happy that the hairdresser, I don't spend long in the chair at a hairdresser for obvious reasons. Um, but I'm not there long, but I'm, I'm okay with that because you know, and I, I know I'm talking to some folks here today that are hairdressers, but you, but you know what, you know what I don't like about hairdressers? They talk to you. No, I am the classic ambivert, all right? That's the mix between the introvert and the extrovert. So there are times when I'm one and there are times when I'm the other. If you sit me down with a stranger, I'm an introvert. I don't want to talk. Cut my hair and leave me alone. <laughs> Not really, because they, they talk to you. But the truth is, when, when, I'm, when I'm talking about, you know, we might find our purpose in our natural talents, what, what, what if you're a hairdresser and you're listening to me today? And, and you know what? Your purpose in life isn't to cut people's hair. Your purpose in life is people. Hey, making them look good and making them feel better, that's a gift within itself. But what if actually your communication with the people? You might be here today or you might be listening somewhere today and you say, well, I'm a carpenter. What's God's purpose for my life? Hey, I don't know. It could well be that God's purpose for your life is the people that you're going to meet while you're doing your stuff as a carpenter or a plumber or as an electrician or whatever else it might be. Every one of us has a God-given purpose and our God-given purpose always involves people. Always involves people. So you don't need to dream that God will take you away from everything else and give you a job with the church. What you need to do is to look and dig and say, God, what do you really want me to do? And what I'm just trying to say today is some of you, most of you might well be right now where God wants you, where God placed you, and where you can really make a difference. Sometimes, sometimes we find, we, we, we find our, our, our sense of purpose through very simply, what, what do I enjoy doing? What am I motivated to do? In Psalm 37, it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Most people interpret that to mean, if I get close to God, he'll give me whatever I want. How many of you actually know in practice it doesn't work out that way? Because that's not what the Bible's saying. The Bible's saying if you live close to God, the desires of your heart will be God-given. That's different. Not God will give you what you want, but what you are wanting will be deposited in there by God. And sometimes you find your gift very simply. You find your you find your sense of purpose through what you're motivated to do, through, through where you find most fulfillment. When, when, I was, when I was like a teenager, I, I got this impression that unless it hurt, I wasn't really serving God. Like, if I was going to serve God, it had to involve great sacrifice, and it had to involve hardship, and it had to be really tough, and it had to be difficult. And, uh, and, and if I really kind of forgot every other enjoyment in life, I might be able to serve Jesus. And, and, and I never got really to know the fact that Jesus said this. He said, if you come and get paired up, yoked up with me, he said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You'll find your purpose in 
in the thing where you find fulfillment. You'll find your purpose sometimes through what other people say and how they perceive you and where they see you to be productive. And then, of course, you'll always find your purpose where there's an opportunity, where there's a door that opens. So some folks, you know, they, they never really get tuned in to their God-given purpose just because they, they, they really haven't dug. Another reason why some people never get tuned into God-given purpose is they live with a feeling of inferiority. They're hooked on who they're not and what they can't do. If you ever consider getting a, a tattoo, uh, I want to recommend some wording to you. Comparison is the thief of joy. Have that somewhere where you can see it all the time. Comparison is the thief of joy. Right? It, it really is. We can be doing really well and then suddenly we see somebody who's doing better and we don't feel so happy after all. We feel inferior. And, and in the 21st century, it's so easy to do that because, you know, social media abounds with falsehood. I, I'll probably end in trouble for saying this, mainly, mainly for my wife. But, but one Sunday, I want to go on Facebook Sunday afternoon and say, our service stunk this morning. You know why? Because every pastor who posts on a Sunday says, we had a fantastic service. We have the best service ever. We had an unbelievable time, you know. And you know what? We have some services that are fantastic. We have some services that are good. We have some services where, great, we went to church, right? No, I mean, let's, let's be God honest there, you know. And, and I, you know, I'd love to be the guy who says, you know, you know somebody tell the truth. Right? Because you don't see that. You, you, you've got, you know, what you've got there on social media generally is you've got the highlight clips from people's lives. And we can think that our life's inferior. Social media, it, it's, you know, it abounds in intimidation if you let it. God didn't intend us to be anybody else or to be like anybody else. Sometimes I wish I could preach like T.D. Jakes. Any of you ever watch T.D. Jakes preach? But you've got, to have, you've got to have a certain style and just the way he walks and the way he, you know, the phrases that he uses. And, and I watch T.D. Jakes pacing up and down the front of his worship area. And, and, you know, and I think, wow, that's, you know, I love it. But God didn't intend me to be T.D. Jakes, Right? I mean, look at, so, I mean, nobody else could ever be as nice as Joel Osteen. Right? You just couldn't smile that long. You know? But he's him and he's doing a fantastic job. Right? And, and God didn't make me to be him and God didn't want me to be him. God made me me and God wanted me to be me. And God... And God made you, you, and wants you to be you. Don't spend your life putting you down because you're not somebody else and you're not like somebody else. 1 Corinthians 12, 7, you, you'll be familiar with this picture. It says, each person is given something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. 
Everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit and to all kinds of people. So we're all different. We're all get, God never made anybody who's a waste of space. But you can't spend your life comparing. We, we've, um, my wife and I, we, we got hooked on this TV show. And I, 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 would, I, I just don't really watch. I haven't got a lot of interest in TV. That's just the way I'm wired. But we got into the great British baking show. And, and, uh, and, and we, we've watched every episode that's available on Netflix. And now we're, we're going back over them again. And it's like, and, and there's one section in, in, in the programs where they, the bakers there in the competition, they, they do their baking and then they have to walk up to the front and put them on a table to be judged. And as they're walking up to the front with their baking, it's interesting to watch them because they're not looking at their own baking. They're looking around them at what everybody else did. Some of you live that way, and you need to stop it, because God made you uniquely you, and you, as you are, are more than enough for him. In 1 Corinthians, it goes on and says this, verse 16, if the ear says, I'm not beautiful like I, limpid and expressive, I don't deserve a place on the head. Would you want to remove it from the body? If the body was all eye, how could it hear? If all ear, how could it smell? As it is, we see God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it. Right where he wanted it. Some people never focus on their God-given purpose because they're uncertain about it. Some because they feel a sense of inferiority. And some because they live in mediocrity. The challenge of this series was basically this. Ask yourself, ask God, what's next? What's next? next. And my encouragement to some of you who need to hear this today is this, get unstuck because God's got more for you. God's got more for you. And you may find it in your everyday life or outside of your everyday life. You might find it in your career. You might find it outside of your career. But the truth is, very often, God uses one to create opportunities for the other. Hey, all of you that are educators, you know your career might be teaching kids. But you know, actually, what you're really doing is your calling is you're shaping young lives. That's a God-given ministry. God made every purpose person to fulfill a purpose he had for them. I want you to notice the order in which I said that. God made every person to fulfill a purpose he had for them. I don't know if you ever looked through kind of... Do any of you remember photographs? Or am I the only person who remembers them? Go on your phone, right? That's like, yeah. 
It's like Charlotte saying earlier, does anybody still use checks? Yes, I do. Uh, but, but, you know, but, 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 you know, if you look through photographs sometimes, if you've got, if, if you're a parent of several children, I wonder if this is true for you. The child you have most photographs of is the first child. Right? Because the first child was a novelty. First child was wonderful. And then you had perhaps another child and you got some pictures. And then it was like, oh, here's another one. Right? But, but it kind of it, 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 it it works that way. Here's how it is with God. God did not make you and then ask, what am I going to do with this one? God made you to fulfill a purpose that he had already pre-planned for you. I'm going to say that again because this is huge. God made you to fulfill a purpose that he had already pre-planned for you. You were born on purpose and for a purpose. There's some great verses in Psalm 139. Here's what it says in verse 13. You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I want you just to look at that for a moment and just try to get a hold of that. God created you. God put you together in the womb. That, by the way, is why I think that one of the greatest disgraces and shames of this country is that we have killed 60 million babies over the last number of years. Because people can say whatever they like about when life starts. There it is. It's right there. God says, here's where life starts. I put you together in the womb. God made us. God shaped us. From the time we were conceived, it was with a divine, God-given purpose. Then the next verse, verse 14, he says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. All right, so here's something I want you to try telling God. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, some of, you, some of you kind of, the trouble is your, your own self-image is so low and you're so down on yourself that you fail to agree with the truth that God states where God says about every single one of his creation, God says you are fearfully and you are wonderfully made. And the psalmist says to God, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. In fact, your works are wonderful. That's what he says. He's saying, God, when I think of how I am made, God, you did great because I am wonderful. Right? Now, if I didn't give you that with the biblical introduction and I stood here to say today and said, you know what? I am absolutely fantastic. In fact, I am wonderful. You'd be saying, what is his problem? But that's what God says. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. We need to live with a confidence created by God, shaped by God. Then verse 16, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. 
God knew your story before it even started for you. God knew. Unique. Special. Don't settle for anything less. God's design in us was shaped so we could fulfill a God-given destiny. What were you made for? And that's what I want you to discover and to be living. So how do you find that out? How do do you get more convinced about that? Well, three steps. The first step where you can find out what God's plan is and God's purpose is for you. For some people, it starts with an early desire in life. Obviously, God's will for me was not to be a window dresser. But I can also remember sitting in the Methodist church that I used to go to as a boy by myself on Sunday nights. And I would sit there in the Sunday evening service up in their balcony, the only person up there, which was great because they didn't come up to me with the offering and I kept the money my mother gave me for the offering. So so it was really good. I sat there praying they wouldn't come. That was good. I don't think anybody knew I was there. But anyway, let's keep going. (laughs) Anyway, God, I owe you. Um, There was a point to this. What am I talking about? So I, I, I would sit there some Sundays during the course of the service, and I'd listen to the minister preaching the sermon, and I would think, I'd like to do that. Interesting, isn't it? I mean, I wasn't fixated on it, but... I can remember that thought coming quite frequently into my mind. I'd like to do that. I wonder how you get to be a minister. And it seems as if like from from an early age that there was something that was stirring there. And and in Romans 11, there's there's a fantastic verse. It says this, God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. So what that means basically is when God puts something in our hearts and God calls us to do something, he doesn't change his mind. Hey, can I just tell you this? If you felt at some point earlier in life that God wanted you to do something and and your life went totally off track and in another direction and down to some depths that you you regret it ever went to, I I just want to remind you of this. The Bible says that God's gifts and God's callings are, are are irrevocable. In other words, God still didn't change his mind actually. You didn't cancel out God's plan because God's plan is God's plan. It's still there. Jeremiah was a very young man when God called him to serve him as a prophet. God said to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I don't know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. 
God doesn't call us to do stuff we can do. God calls us to do stuff we can't do. And then he says he'll be with us as we do it. Don't settle for mediocrity. Don't stay where you are at in life. Don't try to disqualify yourself from what within you know God wants of you and for you. God told Jeremiah in verse 8, do not be afraid. I am with you and I will rescue you. In other words, it might not be easy, but I'm going to be with you and I will rescue you. So, so for some of us, it's kind of, and, and, and some of us are now living what was a desire in our hearts when we were younger. Uh, but the chances are that there are some of you that actually life just totally robbed you of the desire that was in your heart when you were younger. And I want to encourage you today. I want to challenge you today to revisit that and ask yourself and ask God, was that the fleeting thing like Roger's artistic ambitions? Or was that something that you intended for me? Like when he was thinking about being a pastor. Revisit it. Don't get sidetracked. And then sometimes we find God's purpose for our life through just a growing awareness. Something that develops within us and intensifies within us. And then the third thing is, sometimes we discover God's purpose simply through an open opportunity. It's like, here's somewhere where I can fit in. Here's somewhere I can serve. Here's somewhere I can work. Here's somewhere I can help. And you know, when it comes down to church life, you know, sometimes you're going to find ministry and mission in what you do every day. Others of you will find a degree of it there, but you might find another level of it in some areas where you are involved in some kind of uh, way to help others and support others and to minister to others. I, I used to say to folks, you know what you do? You do 51 weeks a year, you, you, earn, you, you work so that you've got the money so that one week a year you can go on a missions trip and you can really feel phenomenally fulfilled. Sometimes it's a balance of things. But what if we were able to get out of bed tomorrow morning on a Monday morning, not head off to some exotic... I mean, who's up for flying for the Dominican Republic with me and just kind of sitting on the beach, yeah? <laughs> right? It's... Some of the teams down there don't do that. Uh, but how, what if you were to get up tomorrow morning start to look at life again and say, where's God's purpose for me in this? I want to serve God's purpose today. I get up every day and I've got one simple prayer every morning. I say, God, help me be a blessing to one person today. Now, that might be minimal to some of you because you think I should be asking God to make me a world changer. But you know what? If we can all be a blessing to one person, we can change our world. We can change our world. We need to live with a sense of divine purpose. 
God, what's your purpose for me? Help me to live in your purpose. Help me to make a difference. So today I want to encourage some of you. Take another look and you're going to see God's plan and God's purpose in your life right now. And for some of you, today may be God jolting you a little bit. Just, hey, wait a minute. There's something more. There's something different that I want for you. Some of you are seeing God's purpose in your everyday life, but for others of you, it's taking a giant leap of faith. Listen, our lives are a gift from God. You were born on purpose and for a purpose. God did not try to find a purpose for you when he knew you were born. He had a purpose and he gave you life so that purpose would be fulfilled. Live the best purposeful life that you possibly can. Let's pray together. Father, I want to thank you today for the fact that you, you made us, you shaped us, you made every single one of us unique, different, and special. And you made us to fulfill your purpose. And God, I pray you'd help us to live with a focus on what you want us to do. And help us, Lord God, I pray, that our lives will make a difference. Help us, Lord, that our lives will have an impact on the lives of those around us, I pray. God, I pray that you deliver us from just being uh, negative and self-doubt and from fear. And I pray you'd help us, Lord, to really grasp the truth of who we are. We are sons and daughters of the living God born because you gave us life and given a purpose which we love to fulfill. God, thank you for speaking to our hearts today. Amen. Amen. Amen.